Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 39 of Process to Profitability. Today, I am talking about mindfulness and entrepreneurship with Lee Shea McDonough. We have a great in-depth conversation about what mindfulness is, the key aspects, why it's important to us as entrepreneurs, and how we can practice mindfulness in our own lives. She gives some great insights, and I know that this episode is going to be really useful for you to listen in and then put some of this into practice. As Lee says, we don't have to do everything and we don't have to get it right all of the time, but by starting off with a mindfulness practice even once a week, I think it will really help us to deal with some of the things that come with being an entrepreneur, like overwhelm and all of the ideas. Lee is a coach, therapist, and founder of Caraval Coaching. After over a decade as a clinical social worker and public health professional, she entered the coaching field to help creatives and creative entrepreneurs live lives that they love. Lee is a proud alumna of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where she received her Bachelor of Arts, Master of Social Work, and Master of Science in Public Health degrees. Prior to starting her own business, she worked in a variety of professional settings, including hospitals, local governments, nonprofit organizations, and the Department of Veterans Affairs, and as a civilian for the United States Air Force. Lee is a graduate of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching and is a member of the National Association of Social Workers and the International Coach Federation. She holds the ICF Associate Certified Coach Credential and is also an Energy Leadership Index Master Practitioner. Her coaching philosophy fuses the principles of acceptance and commitment therapy, energy leadership, and mindfulness in order to help her clients excel at their work feel in control of their careers, and transform their lives. Lee has a really fun journey into her online business, and she shares that at the beginning of this episode. So I hope that you enjoy this and that you will find at least a couple of tidbits that you can put into practice today. Hi, Lee. Thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. So I read your bio at the top of the show, but will you tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Sure. So I am a coach, and I came to coaching after over a decade in social work and in public health. So I was a therapist for a really long time, working with individuals, couples, families. My husband used to be in the Air Force, so I did a lot of work with Air Force families and with veterans. And then he got out of the Air Force a few years ago, and we moved back to North Carolina, which is his home state, and it's the state where I went to school, and now my parents live here. And when we got back to North Carolina, I realized my job at that point was to help my family transition. We had just spent four years living in Germany, which was amazing, and my kids basically grew up there. So we had a bit of a transition ahead of us, uh, reacclimating to life in the States. And so for a while, I just kind of pressed pause on my professional life and said, okay, my full-time job right now is getting my family kind of established. Uh, And that was fine for about nine months. And then I started kind of getting the itch to go back to work. 
And one of the things I loved most about being a therapist was getting to interact with clients. I mean, I just adored working with clients. But some of the other pieces and parts that come with it, all of the diagnosing and having to label people and finding problems, dealing with insurance, all of that was not something I particularly enjoyed, but I really missed the client interaction. All while this was going on, my husband he is a periodontist, so that's a dental specialist. He bought a local practice. And what I was observing is that, you know, he loves what he does and he's really good at it, but it's a challenge buying a new business or starting a new business and making it your own. And I began to see how the skills that I had developed as a therapist were so applicable to the business world. And that's when I started looking into coaching. So I did my homework. I went through a coach training program. I got my certification and I started my own business. And so now I work with creative entrepreneurs and mainly women, but a few men here and there. And I help them develop their business so that it's really an extension of themselves so that they're able to show up fully in their business that they love what they do. And we really take time looking at how do you want to be in your business as well as, okay, what do you need to do in your business? And so that's what I do. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's such a cool thing about being a creative entrepreneur is that we get to pursue something that we really love. And a lot of times we're really lit up about it, but as time goes on and we're getting into like the administrative tasks every day, it can be a little bit draining to have to do all of that and still remember why it was that we got into business. Absolutely. Especially if you're a solopreneur, if it's just you, it can be draining and it can be a little lonely too. And so that's why I love working with clients. I can help kind of be that sounding board for them if they need it. And then I can really help them get from point A to point B in a way that's consistent with who they are and how they want to live their lives. All right. So today we're talking about mindfulness in particular with entrepreneurship. So can you give us a general description of mindfulness? Yes, absolutely. And I'll be honest, when I first started learning about mindfulness, the image that came to my head was like a yogi on a mountaintop sitting in lotus position, you know, <laughs> fingers kind of making the okay sign. And I was like, oh, that's mindfulness. And certainly I'll say that perhaps that's one form of practicing mindfulness. Um, but when I'm talking about mindfulness in its most simple form, I'm really talking about the act of paying attention with intention and with purpose and from a place of non-judgment. So I'll kind of break each of those pieces down a little bit. So when I talk about paying attention with intention, what I really mean is I'm being very deliberate. I'm being very thoughtful in how I relate to my thoughts. It's less about being in default mode, you know, just kind of when we allow those thoughts, all of that mental chatter to kind of take over. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it's very easy to get distracted by all of the thoughts that are constantly going through my head. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> and I suspect a lot of other entrepreneurs experience that too. Because again, there's a creativity, there's a vibrance, there's this sense of opportunity that comes in the entrepreneurial space. That's really exciting, but that can lead to a lot of mental chatter and even some mental static. Mm -hmm. And so when we're practicing mindfulness and we're coming at it from a place of intention, then we're really focusing our attention on what's going on in the world. And that can be the outer world that can be the inner world. So I can be paying attention with intention to what's going on around me. I can really be noticing, I'm looking out my window right now and I'm seeing how there's a branch on the tree that's just swaying ever so slightly in the wind and really focusing on that, really paying attention with intention. I can take my cup of coffee 
And as I sip it, I can pay very close attention to what it feels like to take a sip of that coffee, how it feels as it runs down the back of my throat and into my stomach. Even when I'm washing dishes, which is one of my least favorite things to do, I'm not going to lie. That's why I cook, so my husband will clean. (laughs) But when I am washing the dishes, I can do so with intention. I can pay attention to what it feels like as the warm water goes over my hands or what it feels like when I'm applying some pressure to scrub a pot and really just checking in and paying attention with intention in that way. And that's certainly something that we can do in our business as well so that when we're working in our business, when we're working with a client, when we're working on a project, we can really pay attention to what we're doing in the moment. And so that's kind of the intention piece that comes with mindfulness. I distinguish that from purpose. So I mentioned before, you know, with mindfulness, we're paying attention with intention and with purpose. And so purpose is really, it gets into the why, not just what am I paying attention to, but but why am I paying attention? And that's really to help us stay in the present moment you know, to live and to really fully invest in the here and now. So purpose absolutely goes hand in hand with intention. But it's one of those things that when I'm fully present in the moment, when I'm really paying attention to the world around me, then I'm really connected. I'm connected to myself. I'm connected to the people I'm with. I'm connected to the work I'm doing. And I'm connected to what's really important to me. And so paying attention with a sense of purpose really helps build that sense of connection. And then the third piece, and you know, arguably the most important piece, is that when we're paying attention, we're paying attention from a place of non-judgment. And I'm not going to lie, this is probably the trickiest part of mindfulness because I think to an extent as humans, we're kind of hardwired to not only pay attention to our surroundings, but to make judgments about them. Oh, yeah. Right? And I mean, there's a reason for that. There's a reason that humans have survived thousands and thousands of years. It's because we have minds that help us evaluate and make judgments so that we can stay safe. And so in that sense, it's really helpful. You know, it's like, okay, thanks, mind. But that sense of judgment, it's almost like our minds have become these safety monitors that don't turn off. And now in the 21st century, we don't necessarily need to use that judgment in the same way. We don't have to worry about the saber-toothed tiger that's approaching and we have to judge (laughs) whether it's uh, safe to stay or whether we need to flee. So I think so many of us make judgments from like a default zone. You know, it happens without realizing it. And that can be external. Like I can be walking down the street in my town and I can see someone and be like, oh my gosh, that dress is just so cute on her. That's just gorgeous. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe it's like, what are those shoes she's wearing? You know, it's like (laughs) constantly making these judgments, right? But then oftentimes it can be a real internal process too. That's where the inner critic can really come into play. And so it becomes, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I say that? I shouldn't have done that. So we're ruminating. Or maybe it's messages like, you know, if only I were thinner, if only I were younger, if only I were smarter or prettier. And so we start making judgments about ourselves and our behavior and we kind of go on judgment overload. And that can really affect our ability to connect with, with ourselves, with other people, with our clients with our work. And so when we approach mindfulness from a sense of non-judgment, then we're approaching it with just a sense of curiosity and with openness. And so when those thoughts come up, we can just kind of notice them. And instead of making a judgment about it, which is, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that thought, or why am I thinking that thought? It's simply, oh, wow, how interesting I'm having that thought. And this can kind of carry over into our real life too. So I don't know if this has happened to you, but sometimes I'll text a friend and I like won't hear back from her for a while. 
And part of me is like, oh, what did I do? Is she mad at me? Why is she not returning my text? What's going on here? And all the judgments set in and I start making it about me. But instead, what would it be like if I approached that by saying, oh, hmm, I wonder what's going on here? You know, I wonder what's going on in her world. And even if I do kind of go down the path of, you know, anxiety or making it about me, then I can just kind of simply stop and say, oh, look, I notice I'm getting anxious or I notice I'm getting preemptively angry. And so it's about kind of taking those thoughts and instead of assigning a judgment to it, it's about getting curious about them, really kind of digging in and being open to new ways of perceiving the world. And that builds our flexibility. It builds our adaptability and it allows our perception to change. And in doing so, then all of a sudden we start approaching ourselves with more compassion and and we start approaching other people with more compassion too. We're not beating ourselves up for our default way of thinking. We're, We're simply noticing it. We're getting curious. And then from there we can move on and take action. And so in that way, mindfulness, this act of paying attention, which seems so simple, right? Just pay attention. If we really think about it from paying attention with intention and with purpose and from a place of non-judgment, we can see all of a sudden why people practice mindfulness. It is a skill. It does take practice. But when we do it, it can really revolutionize the way we show up in our businesses, the way we work with our clients, our relationships, and, and our relationship to ourselves as well. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of when I'm out with my husband and he gets frustrated with the people who are driving all crazy on the road. And it's hard in that moment for him to say, oh, well, maybe they're just in a rush somewhere or maybe they're running late. And because I'm not the one directly experiencing it, I can step back and say that. But I think when we're the one that's like on the receiving end of things, we always think the worst of other people. We think the worst of ourselves sometimes. And this is a good way to step back and reflect and say, well, maybe there's actually something else going on. Maybe they didn't even see us. Maybe, you know, their kid is sick and they're rushing to get to them and not making it like a personal attack. That's so true. That's so true. And it becomes less personal. It's not about us, right? We can kind of take the position of what's going on in that person's world. And that's where that curiosity piece comes in. And that allows us to kind of turn down the dial on our emotional reaction and kind of separate the event from us. So yeah, that's such a great example. So what are some of the key aspects of mindfulness? So there's a couple different aspects of mindfulness that I think are worth kind of diving into on a, on a deep level. And I think when we understand these aspects, then it becomes even easier to put them into practice. So there's four different elements that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about. So the first is this idea of separating the thought from the self. And this may actually be kind of a radical concept for some people, the idea that the thoughts we have aren't us. And that's okay. I'm going to kind of dig into that a bit. <laughs> but you know, I think our minds are just these incredibly powerful meaning-making machines, right? I mean, they are constantly churning out new thoughts, new ideas, new judgments. Sometimes it's about things that have already happened. So maybe we're getting caught up in the past. Maybe we're even ruminating about what's already happened. Um, Sometimes it's about what's yet to come. So we're kind of predicting the future in our minds. And we, I don't know about you, but I can be guilty of kind of having arguments with people in my head before we've actually had the argument. And so our minds do that because, again, they're trying to keep us safe. If we've done something wrong in the past, it wants to make sure that we're not going to do it again. And so we kind of go on instant replay mode and we play that over and over and over. And likewise, if there's something coming up in the future that could potentially be a threat, 
our minds are going to lead us through it to make sure that we do it right and we don't screw up and so we stay safe. What happens then, though, is that we tend to kind of get fused to these thoughts. So when these thoughts happen, they kind of become part of our identity. We can identify with them so strongly that not only do we believe them, we become them. And so in that way, we kind of fuse our identity with our thoughts. And so we believe that the thoughts we have are truth. You know, there's a quote by Eckhart Tolle, you know, he wrote The Power of Now. And one thing he says that I think is really important to remember is this idea that you are not your mind. And that's kind of a big concept because certainly our mind is a part of who we are. You know, my arm is a part of me, but I'm not my arm. You know, my leg is a part of me. I'm not my leg. So my mind is a part of me, but it isn't me. And so what mindfulness can do is it can help us create that separation between the thought and the self so that we realize that we may have thoughts and we may have feelings, but we are not our thoughts. We are not our feelings. And so when we can do that, we can create some space. And in that space, we create the possibility for choice. So instead of, you know, let's say you might have the thought of, oh my gosh, I have all this work to do. I'm so worried I'm not going to get it done. I'm never going to finish this project on time for my client. And if that happens, then I'm going to lose the client and I'm going to lose my business, et cetera, et cetera. So it's so easy to get carried away with that kind of thought. When we practice mindfulness, then it becomes, oh wow, look, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought that I can't get all this work done. And so simply by saying, oh, look, I'm noticing that I'm having the thought, then we create that space. And we can do that with feelings too. When we start feeling anxious or we start feeling overwhelmed, it becomes, oh, I'm noticing I'm feeling anxious right now. Because there's a big difference between saying I am anxious and, oh, I'm having the feeling of anxiety or I'm noticing I'm feeling anxious right now. It makes it a little less intense. And again, it gives us that space so then we can take a breath and then decide where we want to go from there. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of turns the volume level down on the intensity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially for the anxiety, like we can feel like we are anxious or just notice that it's coming up and figure out sort of why and what to do without making it part of who we are. Exactly. And you've really struck on two important things there, you know, kind of diving a little bit into the why and saying, okay, it makes sense that I'm feeling anxious right now because of all of these projects and all of these deadlines. Anyone in my position would feel anxious. And so we can kind of normalize that feeling. And then we can say, all right, now what do I want to do? How do I want to move forward? And so, yeah, when we take the time to separate the thought or the emotion from who we are, then we can really move forward from a place that feels more empowered where we are making the choice instead of from a place where anxiety is pushing us forward or worry or self-doubt or whatever the case may be. So that is one of the four key aspects, I think, of mindfulness. The second one I want to talk about is the concept of acceptance. And that can also be kind of a tricky topic for people. Sometimes when we hear the word acceptance, it's like, well, okay, I just have to accept what is. And what I'm talking about is really active acceptance. And that is taking objective stock of your situation and the world around you and just saying, yes, this is where I'm at right now. It's accepting that I am having this thought. I am having this feeling and I can make room for it. And so the goal is not to get rid of those unwanted thoughts and feelings. It's not that I'm not allowed to feel anxious or you're not allowed to have a thought that I'm never going to get this done. It's merely just kind of noticing it, separating and creating space for it and then deciding, okay, 
I'm going to let this thought pass and I'm going to come back and, you know, choose what I want to focus on. And so acceptance doesn't mean that we have to like the thought or that we have to like the feeling. I don't know many people who enjoy feeling anxious or sad or lonely <laughs> or, <laughs> or any of those unwanted feelings. So acceptance is not about wanting it, but it is about really saying, yes, I'm here. I have this feeling and just creating that space, that permission for it to be there. Acceptance really stems from the belief that there's no such thing as a good feeling or a bad feeling or a good thought or a bad thought. Again, good, bad, those are judgments, right? With mindfulness, we're coming from a non-judgmental place. So it's not about whether a thought are good or bad. It, it just is. We get to decide the extent to which that thought defines us. And so mindfulness helps build our awareness so that we can make that decision from there. And acceptance is the first step. It's creating space to even have that thought or feeling allowing it to pass on and then coming back and bringing our focus back to what's important. So the third thing, and I've talked about this a little bit already, is that mindfulness is really about focusing on the present moment, staying grounded in the present moment. And again, when we find ourselves thinking or ruminating about the past or if we're worrying about the future, mindfulness, it's almost like it helps us recalibrate our minds to the present moment. And so we can do that internally. Uh, and this is where sometimes with mindfulness practice, if you're familiar with that, you might you know, know that a lot of times it involves focusing on the breath, coming back to the breath and noticing what it feels like as you take a deep breath and your chest rises and your abdomen expands as you breathe in. And then as you breathe out, everything kind of gently collapses. When we do that, when we focus on the breath, it helps us ground ourselves in the present moment and the feelings our body is experiencing in that moment. But we can do it externally as well. We can ground ourselves in the outer world. We can really, again, notice what we're seeing in great detail, how the leaves are creating a silhouette against the sky, or what it smells like when you cut a freshly cut lemon. Um, really kind of keying into the senses and allowing the senses to ground us back in the present moment is one way that we can stay really fully connected in the present and be mindful of our situation. And so the last piece I want to talk about, and, and here, like, man, if, if you think this is already deep, I'm about to get a little deeper. <laughs> the last piece I want to talk about is this idea of the observer self. And so here's where I want to ask, like, if you've ever had a situation where like you're doing something, maybe you are out with your partner, or maybe you're just really invested in a project you're doing, or maybe you're playing the piano, whatever it is, you're doing something. And you kind of have that flash of insight of, wow, I'm doing this right now. And so that's where you're both creating an experience and having an experience, and you're aware that you're having that experience too. It's almost like you're observing yourself having the experience. And that's the observer self. The observer self is always with us, present, right alongside our mind, right alongside all of that mind chatter. There's a part of us that's always observing what's going on. Um, it's kind of like the constant that stays with you through your life. If you think about yourself when you were eight years old, the things that she thought, the things she felt, you know, that's the same you as you are now. You probably look differently. You may think and feel differently than you did when you were eight years old, but she is still there. And so the observer self is that constant. 
And so when we consciously recognize the observer self in the moment, simply by saying, you know, I'm having the thought that I'm having the feeling that we're kind of tapping into that observer self. And that helps us really come from a mindful perspective. So this idea of being able to create and experience and observe life all at the same time, that is mindfulness. That is keeping us connected to the present moment and really paying attention with intention and purpose. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I'm going to make sure to outline that in the show notes so that people can go back and look over it because it's a lot of information. It is. It is. And I certainly don't want mindfulness now to be another way that people are getting overwhelmed. (laughs) But it's just this fascinating topic that when you dig in, it's like, wow, there's so many great ways that we can really connect with ourselves. And I think you bring up a really good point. It's not like you have to be doing all of these things all of the time in order to be perfectly mindful. Like That's not what mindfulness is about. Mindfulness is really about just kind of taking a deep breath and grounding yourself in the moment and paying attention to what's going on with intention. And you can do that, you know, whether it's through connecting with the observer self, whether it's through kind of noticing your thoughts, whatever works for you. So this isn't something where you have to like check every single box. These are just options so that you can find your own path in terms of developing your own mindfulness practice. Right. And I think a lot of people are doing pieces of this already. Mm -hmm. It's just actually making it a routine, it's paying attention to when we're doing it instead of just having it come up every once in a while. Exactly. It's about making it a conscious decision and really, again, paying attention to paying attention so that it's not just something that we kind of do every now and then or, oh yeah, you know, I'm feeling a little stressed out. I should take a breath. Now we can really decide, okay, how do I want to incorporate this into my life? How do I want to do this like even on a regular basis, whether that's every day, whether that's, you know, in the morning, in the evening, whether it's just carving time out in your week to really kind of connect with yourself. And so again, it's about giving you choice as to how you want to show up in the world. If you're ready to update your website today and need some guidance on things that you can do, check out my free guide, five website updates to get legit. You can download it at lemonandtheseed.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandtheseed.com slash five updates. So why is mindfulness important to an entrepreneur? That's such a good question. This is like the, okay, Lee, you've gone on and on about mindfulness, like so what, right? (laughs) And so I think most entrepreneurs, they're kind of owner operators. We tend to work both in our business and we work on our business. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness can really help with both. You know, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit already. One thing that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is feeling overwhelmed. And again, like we as entrepreneurs naturally seek out and we find opportunities everywhere. And that is so exciting, you know, to always be thinking about what's possible, you know, what could be, what can I create next? And so I, I like to say that 
you know, that's the land of opportunity where we're seeing everything that we could possibly create. But the land of opportunity shares a border with the land of overwhelm, you know, and I think a lot of times entrepreneurs kind of straddle that border where we've got one foot in opportunity and one foot in overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not hard to see how like a brilliant entrepreneur can really become overwhelmed and anxious at the prospect of like, do all the things. And so here's where mindfulness can really help entrepreneurs. It can help us create that space between feeling overwhelmed and yet seeing all those opportunities out there. It just allows us that chance to kind of slow down, reconnect, and then decide, okay, what's important to me? Like, really, what do I want my business to be about? What do I want my life to be about? What are my values? And from there, once we kind of acknowledge, all right, I'm having all of these thoughts right now. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I have all these great ideas and I feel like I have to do them all and I have to do them all yesterday. Oh, look, look at how that's showing up in my body. My stomach is in knots. I'm feeling really tense. I'm having all of these thoughts. So then from there, from that space, we can just kind of take a breath and notice what's going on, pay attention with intention. And then we decide, okay, how do I want to move forward? So when creative entrepreneurs are able to incorporate a mindfulness practice into their routines, then all of a sudden they start showing up differently in their businesses. It's almost like the energy changes a bit. And so it's not about this mad rush to do all the things and to do everything right, to do everything perfectly, you know, get the email funnel and get the opt-in and, and all of that. Then it becomes, okay, how do I want to show up into my business? Like what matters to me? What are my values? If my core value is love, how is that showing up in my business? If my core value is fun, how is that showing up in my business? And so when we use the practice of mindfulness to connect to ourselves and to connect to our values, then we can make decisions moving forward to make sure our business is in alignment with those values. And that makes us feel so empowered. So now we're not operating from a place of have to or must, we're operating from a place of want to or can. And so then all of a sudden we kind of go back into the land of opportunity with the sense of, yes, I have all these opportunities available to me and I can choose any, all, none, it's my choice. And I can do so from a place of knowing that I can do it and I can do it in a way that's consistent with my values. It sounds like a great way to sort of check in with ourselves and say, okay, this is what's going on. These are all of the ideas that I'm having. This is what I'm worrying about. And looking at what do we actually need to be focusing on? What can we just throw out completely? What can be put on the back burner? And I think right now we're planning for 2018. And so, you know, I have all of the ideas. I have lists of things that I could be doing, but this is a good way to like, when I start thinking about those things is to check in and say, okay, does this make sense right now? Does this make mm -hmm. sense for my business? Absolutely. You know, when I talk about creating space from which to make decisions, you know, that's also space from which we can get inspired. And so when our minds are constantly running, you know, 110% and the mental chatter is kind of taking over, when we practice mindfulness, it allows us to turn the volume down on that mental chatter. And again, the goal is not to not think. I think sometimes people think mindfulness means I just have to like clear my mind. I can't think about mm -hmm. anything. And, you know, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. I think <laughs> if we approach it like that, like that's just not how it works. We're always going to be having thoughts. That's just part of the human process. Mindfulness allows us to kind of recognize those thoughts, allow them to pass. And then in doing so, we create that time 
where we can connect with our inspiration. And that's going to be different for different people. For some people, it's a very spiritual process. So they're connecting with God or the spirit or the source energy, whatever terminology is comfortable for them. For other people, it's really more about connecting with like their inner voice and listening to that inner voice that guides them. Maybe it's their intuition. But again, when creative entrepreneurs can practice mindfulness, then all of a sudden we're able to tap into that potential we have. We create that time for inspiration to come. And then we can allow that to really guide us in our businesses. So we're going to talk about how to practice mindfulness in just a minute. But I wanted to ask how mindfulness in our businesses helps us serve our clients. Yes. Good question. All right. Let's all think about a time where we have been a client ourselves. Maybe you've bought a car or maybe you've worked with a coach, but you've been in the position of being a client or a customer. And the person you're working with is just really kind of distracted, a little distant, a little off, you know, really trying hard to work with you, but you just get the sense that maybe there's a lot going on underneath that you're not privy to. So as the client, it's really easy then to feel a little disconnected from that person and to wonder, okay, are they really here with me? Are they really engaged with me? Are are they going to take care of me? As opposed to if you've had an experience as a client where the person you're working with was really fully present, like they were engaged, they were focused, they were following you, they were asking questions, and they were really totally invested in the interaction with you. I mean, that is an entirely different client experience. You feel heard, you feel understood, and you feel like you matter. And so I think when business owners, when entrepreneurs approach client interactions from that mindfulness perspective, when we're paying attention to our clients with intention, with purpose, without judgment, then we are able to establish really powerful relationships with our clients where no matter what service it is we're providing them, we're doing so from a place where they feel deeply respected and they feel deeply connected to us. And I want to say that I think this is equally as applicable for creative entrepreneurs who run product-based businesses. You know, I think there's an energy that comes when you're fully present and connected to the work you're creating. And that energy comes through in the final product. There's a reason why sometimes we'll look at logos or we'll look at graphic design and we'll be like, oh, that is such an inspired design. Well, yeah, it is an inspired design. That designer was probably really in the flow and paying very close attention and really connected with the work. And so I think even when you're a product-based business, business, if you bring in that mindfulness and that energy to the work that you're creating, that's going to be evident in the results as well. So regardless of whether it's service-based and you're working directly one-on-one with a client or whether you're creating a product for a client, mindfulness, that act of paying attention really changes the energy in that relationship. And so it's going to result in better client relationships and better end results. Yeah. I think for me, this is a really good reminder of all those times when I'm like trying to send off a last minute email and I'm feeling super distracted is to just take a breath and remember that it serves me better and it serves my clients better. If I am actually focused on what I'm doing, I'm not trying to do a million things at the same time especially when it comes to client work, because those are the people we're serving. If I, you know, don't get a social media post exactly right, it's probably going to be okay. But Mm -hmm. when we're working with our clients, we really want those relationships to be as good as possible for them and for us. 
Absolutely. And I want to say too, you know, that doesn't mean the goal is to be always 100% focused and intention, you know, with the client. We all have moments where maybe we get a little distracted or our attention wavers. Yeah, that's just part of being human. And so it's okay when that happens. Mindfulness actually helps us catch ourselves when that happens and come back to present moment. So the act of mindfulness can actually kind of speed that process up. I also think it's okay when that happens to just be honest about it and say, you know what? You'll have to forgive me. I kind of got distracted by a thought. Let me reconnect with you. Tell me again what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then you can start over. And that's great service recovery as well. Yeah. And I think we all appreciate when somebody acknowledges when they you know, haven't done something perfectly. It, it goes a lot further to say, okay, I messed up or I did something wrong or even just I missed what you said or I misunderstood it instead of pretending like we have everything together all the time. Absolutely. So can you give us some ways that people who are listening can practice mindfulness? Yes. So I'll start with kind of the one that maybe a lot of people think of, which is mindfulness meditation. And certainly meditation is one way to practice mindfulness. I do not want to suggest that it's the only way. And again, sometimes people confuse mindfulness with meditation. They're not the same thing, but we can practice mindfulness meditation. And so that is getting yourself quiet, you know, in a comfortable position and just allowing your attention to slowly fall on the breath. And you don't have to change anything about the way that you're breathing. You're simply noticing what it feels like when you take a breath. So you're really paying attention as you inhale and noticing how your chest rises, how your rib cage expands. You might notice that the air feels kind of cool as it comes through your nostrils. And then as you exhale, it feels a little warmer, you know, and your chest falls Everything kind of gently collapses and it almost feels like a wave. And so the wave rises as you breathe in and the wave falls as you breathe out. And so initially it's simply about paying attention to the breath, paying attention to the body. And as that happens, you may find that thoughts start coming in. You might find yourself distracted by a thought or carried away by a feeling. And that is a perfectly normal part of mindfulness meditation doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. In fact, the practice comes in when you notice that you've been distracted by that thought or that emotion. You simply notice it without judging, and then you bring your attention back to your breath. And so that may happen one time, five times, a thousand times as you're doing your mindfulness practice, and that is the point. You know, that's how our minds work right now. And so we are going to get carried away. And so the practice of mindfulness is the act of noticing and bringing our attention back. One of the best books I've read recently is by Jen Sincero. She wrote, You Are a Badass, and she wrote, You Are a Badass at Making Money. Both of them are amazing. And she talks about meditation in her books. And she even said, you know, some people have a hard time with this idea of focusing on the breath. And so for people for whom that's not natural or doesn't feel comfortable, she talks about feeling connected to something outside herself, the greater source energy, whatever that is for you. And so instead of the breath, she kind of imagines this connection to that energy. And so as she breathes in, the connection strengthens. And then as she breathes out, she's returning it back. And so she's imagining this flow. So again, I bring that up only to say there's no one right way to practice mindfulness meditation. 
you find what works for you. If guided meditation works for you, that is an awesome strategy. Uh, visualization. If it's just a matter of getting quiet and noticing whatever's going to work best for you, there's a million different ways to meditate. The mindfulness piece is merely the act of coming back to your focus when you find yourself getting distracted. So meditation is one way to practice mindfulness. But there's other ways too. If you're not really into meditation, if that's not kind of jiving with who you are, that's totally cool. Then something you might want to try is it's a technique that I learned when I was a therapist and it's called thanking your mind. And so what that means is when you're, let's say, you know, doing your thing or driving down the road or making dinner, whatever's going on, and you notice that your mind is carrying you away again on one of its stories, whether it's a story from the past or a story about the future, and you notice yourself getting totally caught up in that, you just kind of stop and you say, oh, thanks, mind. And it's not meant to be sarcastic. It's literally thanking your mind because like we talked about before, this is what your mind does as the safety monitor. Mm -hmm. You're reliving moments because you want to make sure you learn from them or you're predicting moments because you want to make sure you do it right. And so you're literally kind of thanking your mind for doing that. But then you're saying, thanks, mind. I got it from here. And you can kind of return your focus to the present moment. So that's just kind of a short and sweet in the moment way of practicing mindfulness. Because again, you're paying attention with intention and with purpose. And you're not judging yourself for having those thoughts. You're thanking your mind and you're coming back to the present moment. So I love doing that just like when I'm out and about and I find myself getting caught up. Thanks mind is something I tell myself a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that one makes it pretty easy. Like you don't have to do anything particular. It's just acknowledging thoughts and then, you know, deciding what you want to do with them. Exactly. And then for people who are maybe more tactile, I kind of alluded to this before, but when you are doing something, whatever it is you're doing, pay attention to what it feels like in your body. So when you are washing dishes, paying attention to those sensations, when you're eating the next meal that you have, I really challenge everyone who's listening right now, the next time you sit down for a meal, have a mindful bite. So just take one bite of food, whatever it is you're eating, and really pay attention as you're eating. Notice the texture. Notice the taste. Notice where you sense the tastes on different parts of your tongue. Um, notice the temperature. Pay attention to what it feels like as you chew it and as you swallow it. And so really spending time just with that one bite and making that a mindful moment, that's another simple, quick, but powerful way to practice mindfulness, you know, just in our everyday lives. Yeah. I think what happens at least to me is that things are so busy and there's so much just noise in our world that we never sit down and are quiet and just be with our feelings and our thoughts. And this is a good reminder that we need to do that. We can't always be listening to music or podcasts or on the phone. Like I'm always trying to do something but yeah. we need to all just take a break sometimes and just sit in silence and be with what is going on. Yeah. It's almost kind of like unplugging from the world around us and then plugging back into ourselves, you know, so that we can recharge in that way. And I think you're so right that, you know, we are really good at distracting ourselves. There's a lot of fun stuff out there to distract <laughs> ourselves with. And sometimes it's fun. Sometimes we need a chance to play and just be goofy or just chill out or whatever. But if we're 
constantly doing it because we're trying to avoid feelings that we don't want to experience or thoughts that we don't want to have, we can only outrun that for so long. And eventually those thoughts and feelings, they're going to come find us. And so mindfulness, again, just helps us face that head on and create space for it and then gives us a pathway forward. So is there anything else that I didn't ask about that you wanted to cover or tips that you have that you want to share? I think the thing that I really want to share is that as an entrepreneur myself, I've frequently fall in the trap of feeling overwhelmed and feeling like I have to do all the things all the time. And when I do that, I realize that my focus is on doing. What do I want to do? How am I going to do? And so what mindfulness does is it helps me kind of reset and decide how I want to be. So I can talk about what I want to do in my business, but I can then kind of take a step back and ask, how do I want to be in my business? You know, like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Yes, I want to create a life that I love. I want to sustain my family. I want to contribute financially. But really, like, why am I doing this? And so through mindfulness, it allows me to kind of step back from the chaos and the stress of feeling like I have to do all the things. And it allows me to really remind myself, oh, this is why I'm doing it. This is what's important to me. If I'm so overwhelmed with all the things, then I'm losing sight of that. And so then it becomes, how can I take that one thing that's really important to me and bring that through the work that I'm doing today? So how can I kind of combat that sense of overwhelm with you know, a sense of love or with a sense of fun or with a sense of integrity, whatever it is, whatever that key value is that's guiding you in your life and your business, mindfulness is just one way to help kind of calm the chaos and reconnect to that value. Perfect. Well, that was great. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask a couple of questions that I ask to everybody. So the first one is, why is serving your clients so important in your business? Oh, Wow. As a coach, um, I mean, the core of my business is the relationship that I have with my client, the relationship that we co-create together. And so serving my clients well means that, you know, I'm showing up fully for them and they're having powerful experiences and, and they're getting their money's worth. So serving clients well is just part of, I think, being an entrepreneur with integrity and with purpose. It's also an extension of who I am and what I love. I mean, I really believe I was put on this planet to help other people achieve their greatest goals. And we can do that by exploring the what and the how. You know, that's the doing part of the business. But I also believe that we can do that by diving deep into the who and the why, you know, who you are, you know, what are all the things that make you you? And then why? Why are you here on planet Earth? What do you value most? What's your purpose? And so, Serving my clients well means that they're able to transform their lives, that they can do and be. They can do incredible things and they can be incredible people. And, and I get to witness that. I get to be a part of that. I mean, it's like the best job in the world. So if I didn't do that, if I wasn't showing up and serving my clients, then not only I think would I have a pretty serious problem in, in my business in terms of maintaining clients, but I wouldn't be living my purpose. I wouldn't be connected to myself. And so for me, serving my clients well is also serving myself well and being authentic. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I love being able to see my clients reach those big goals that they have. And I know that I can do that best by showing up for them and giving them my best so that they can then go and 
serve their own clients well or create really awesome products. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much because regardless of the role that you play for your client, you know, whether you're a coach or a designer, whatever it is, if you show up and play full on, then you then are empowering your clients to do the same. And so you are just creating this chain, this energy that's going to continue. And oh, I just, I love that so much. (laughs) So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Um, two things I'm loving right now. Well, the first I would have to say just in general are podcasts. Like I love podcasts. I am a podcast junkie. So of course, in addition to your podcast, I will listen to, gosh, just about anything by Gimlet Media. I'm a huge fan of the West Wing Weekly podcast. I grew up watching the West Wing when it ran originally on NBC. And so there's now a weekly podcast that is just so much fun to listen to if you're a fan of the West Wing. The Judge John Hodgman show through Maximum Fun is hysterical. And another great podcast that I love listening to as an entrepreneur is the Courage and Clarity podcast uh, run by Steph Crowder. She's with Fizzle. That podcast is both inspirational and practical. Yeah. So one thing I'm loving right now is just the fact that we have this amazing media called podcasts and that I can listen to it when I'm in the car, when I'm running errands, when I'm working out. I just, I am loving podcasts right now. Okay. So the second thing, and it sounds like you're doing this too, is just that end of year reflection. So taking time to kind of look back on what I've accomplished this year and then setting some goals and some strategy for 2018. And part of the reason I love it so much is because I have like all the planners. Like I should just (laughs) be like, hashtag all the planners. I'm, I'm one of those people who like loved going school supply shopping before a new school year would start. Like the thought of new notebooks and folders and pencils was remains like the most exciting feeling me to me. Okay. Good. I'll see we're kindred spirits. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I have like all the planners to reflect on this year and plan for 2018. And I just find that so invigorating and exciting. So that's definitely something I'm loving right now. What are you excited for that's coming up in the future or things that you're working on? All right. So I am going to put this out there. I have not shared it publicly. I'm going to share it publicly here today for the first time. I am working on a book. My big goal for 2018 is to publish a book about entrepreneurship and mindfulness and mindset. And so what it means to bring mindfulness into the entrepreneurial space and how a shift in mindset can really create exponential growth in our businesses. That's so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I'm so excited about it. And I'm thrilled that I just put it out there because now it's out there. So I have to do it, right? (laughs) Yep. I will have to link to it when it comes out. So you're going to have to do it so that we can go back and update everything. I will. I will. And I'll tell you, if you or if any of your listeners have questions about mindset or mindfulness and and what it means to incorporate that as an entrepreneur. I welcome your questions because I am really writing this book as a love letter to myself and to fellow entrepreneurs. And so to do that, like I want this to be of service to you. So yeah, I welcome any questions or thoughts about that. Perfect. So my last question, where can people find you online? I am online at Caravel Coaching. That's C-A-R-A-V-E-L. So you can find me at caravelcoaching.com. I also have a Facebook page. So facebook.com slash Coaching. And you can find me on Instagram at Caravel Coaching. I have a Twitter handle. I'll be honest with you. I just never really did the Twitter thing. You'll find me more on Facebook and Instagram than Twitter. So you can come find me there or at my website. And I do have a blog at my website as well. So you can check out what I'm up to. All right. Well, thank you so much. 
This is a lot of great information. And I think people who are listening are really going to get a lot of good reminders to just take some time and figure out how to make mindfulness part of their schedule in a way that fits them. I am so honored to have been a part of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 